people are are open to an extreme mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are not very guarded like you tend like you tend to uh, run into in, in normal corporate in a lot of corporate yeah a lot of yeah. corporate environments. And that's like the interesting thing is that like health is in fact a large corporate environment, yeah, uh-huh. but doesn't yet act like it, yeah. <laughs> And, and still has that's really cool. Yeah, and still has an element yeah. of that it's I think baked deeply into the culture, which is people are open, creative, and and mm. like and like you were saying, are not afraid to say what's going on with them themselves and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of like running from something and a little bit of running to something. Uh, uh, and yeah. like I, I I think a balance of that is good. But like you know, the the running to is like yeah, continuing to be mm. like these like sort of open, creative people mm. and and all that, but. Uh, but also, you know, kind of pushing back against the norms uh-huh. and a little bit of, you know, like punk angst, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. uh, so that'd be, I'd say like running from, uh-huh. uh, you know, sort of that desk job environment, yeah. <laughs> you know. And how does that feel for you? Like going from, from the tech world and, and having experience in negative cultures, negative work cultures, how does it feel now? Like to be in this, this one? It's, uh, it's confusing. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's like, uh, God. How would I, um, you know, like one of the, I mean, the, the reason why I ran to this place Mm. is, is that I, you know, I spent a week here, uh, and every person that I ran, that I met, Mm -hmm. um, you know, these people I didn't know, like immediately like gave me a hug Mm. and asked me how I was doing and like asked me all about my life and vice versa. And, you know, it was just like, not, not what I was used to Uh at a, at a big company, Uh you know, where people were just kind of like closed off. Uh Um, even the people you're directly working with yeah. are kind of just like, you know, okay, I need you to do this for me. You know, <laughs> what do you need me to do for you? Yeah. You know? yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. very robotic yeah. kind of professional like or... professional or whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was like that, that was, that was a nice like breath of fresh air. Um, that was also like somewhat uncomfortable cause I was like, wait, yeah. but isn't that like, you know, isn't Aren't this kind of, isn't, isn't this kind yeah. of productive? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, or is it's really not? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it is better to be honest yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and real. Uh, yeah. yeah, even in a work environment, and it's scary. It's like uncomfortable. I am I am uncomfortable every time I'm in Meow because it is kind of like scary, yeah. <laughs> like having this 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 openness. Well, it's emotionally exhausting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And even more so the past couple of months, uh-huh. like the whole like I would, you know the hiring thing, like uh, just mm-hmm. spending uh, spending two straight months, mm-hmm. like interviewing people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and like learning about their lives mm-hmm. and trying to see where they fit yeah. in the elves and yeah. 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 And also, you know, things like seeing, seeing people who totally do fit in and uh-huh. not being able to find a place for them. Yeah. Like that was, that's like kind of messed me up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, I'm yeah. just like, no, we you need want, to find a spot for yeah, this yeah, person, yeah. but uh-huh. I can't hire them for this job, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, I mean like there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are emotionally mm-hmm. draining about mm-hmm. it, but it's generally you know, it generally feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It feels, I don't know, I mean, it sounds kind of trite, but it feels a little bit more real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, you know, like there's, there's, uh, there's inefficiencies that I think are productive mm-hmm. at Malwolf, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of inefficiencies um, that I think I want to fix, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of, the, some of those things that I'm trying to fix, I get a lot of pushback, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about, and uh, there's there's this like, you know, there's there's been this long period, the still continuing 
uh, that I'm working through of like just building trust mm -hmm. with people mm -hmm. and kind of just getting them to understand that like yeah I know y'all know what you're doing and mm -hmm. uh, and but yeah, I know y'all have yeah. made some amazing things in the past yeah but I've spent a long time in these organizations in that, yeah, in, yeah. in these like organizations where um these where I, where problems yeah where, where these things yeah. these things become problems in terms of like the sort of technical inefficiencies mm -hmm. um, but also you know I've, I've been in organizations where I learned how to fix these problems mm -hmm. so like I I know actually I can look at it and be like no here's how we fix this. Mm -hmm. And still, like it's a little bit of a challenge to get people to accept that and yeah. let me do it. You know? Yeah, and that's with any, yeah. with any, like with anything. If yeah. if anybody's invested in the current structure, it's really hard to. And if it's not there in their immediate, like understanding of like, okay, this this is the reason why we fix it, then there's you know there's pushback. There's gonna be pushback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's like anything, a learning process uh -huh. for everybody, uh -huh. including me. You know. Uh -huh. um, and I'm, you know, I, I'm realizing that like I'm it, this this environment's letting me like un unload a lot uh -huh. of damage uh -huh. <laughs> that was yep. that I that I you know uh, that it took while I was while I was in that environment. Yep. Um, you mm -hmm. know, and just want to like take what I learned from there and figure out how to how to improve like this place in the right ways, uh -huh. and also just dump. What I learned from there that the negative maybe is not yeah, yeah is not helpful. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's cognitive uh, behavioral therapy in a workplace. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like I'm kind of like not up on CBT anymore. Uh -huh. uh, I was like I learned a ton about it uh -huh. like while my my ex was in uh -huh. uh, in grad yeah. school getting her MSW, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I was like I was thinking about. I was thinking about CBT a, a lot recently because of, you know, like the trying to change my like habits of so trying to like quit mm -hmm. smoking and like mm -hmm. cut down on the drinking and stop working compulsively, mm -hmm. um, those kind of things. And uh, a lot of, you know, the, the part that I do remember about CBT is a lot of it's about <clears throat> um, kind of finding workarounds in your brain mm -hmm. to get you to change a behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not the most, that's not the, that's not the scientific definition. Uh -huh. Um, but like, that's, you know, that's like kind of the gist of it is like, you're, you're trying to like change how change your thought patterns in order to change your behavior. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you have a set of negative beliefs and negative and positive and neutral beliefs. And a lot of the negative beliefs, while they might, some of them might serve their purpose. There's a lot of them that are not necessary and like, yeah. and are just from things we learned as children that just don't apply, uh, yeah. you know, to the current yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah, we 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 spend so much time thinking about, or we, we spend so much time not questioning uh, what our brains are doing and, mm -hmm. and what decisions they're making us make. Mm -hmm. um, well, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's actually like not that hard to just like you know when you have a reaction to something, especially when it's a really strong reaction, oh. instead of I just know. following through with it, like. Yeah. So like stop for a second and be like, wait, why do I feel like this? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you can't, mm -hmm. can't like kind of unwind uh, mm -hmm. enough to like grab the answer. But when you can, it like, it helps you kind of figure out how to get rid of the, you know, uh, maybe negative reaction mm -hmm. that you have to something mm -hmm. like that's either triggered by some past trauma or, mm -hmm. you know, something else. Something else that's yeah. not, has nothing to do with what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. um, have you seen that? happen in in the workplace of meow wolf like somebody says like 
no, stop it. The, like, or is it more of a reflective thing? Do people kind of like realize? I don't. Uh, do you understand what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't know if it's um, do you mean have I have I like observed somebody like doing that, like stepping back and like stopping their own reaction? Yeah, or uh-huh. and then or, um, or or does the is the workplace conducive to that, or or is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it it's definitely conducive to that because there's there's not a lot of judgment. Mm. Um, the people mm. here and also like elsewhere that I've seen that are the, the most self aware mm-hmm. and like kind of the best at stopping themselves and mm-hmm. like thinking about it and even like verbalizing what's going on mm. are people who are in recovery, mm. like yep. you know for you know yep. various drugs, alcohol, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's like CBT is something that you're taught in you know oh. in therapy. Oh. Um, AA kind of like yeah. focuses on it a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm noticing that like, you know, with people around me and I've noticed that in the past with people around me, like uh, the ones who are able to uh, mm. more quickly, like stop themselves or more quickly set a boundary mm-hmm. are, are those people. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I was just yeah. talking with Asher about that. Yeah. Mm. Um, hmm. Do you consider yourself an artist? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I'm definitely a musician and uh-huh. a composer and all that, but like, I mean, I've tried, I've tried, I've like hand waved past it for a long time, but like, I mean, honestly, like code is my medium mm. or my primary medium. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, I, I used to say it just because, just kind of out of spite. Well, you know, because I was like, man, like I, you know, kind of took this like right turn in my, in my career, uh, from, you know, going to school for computer music and making music a lot Mm -hmm. to finding out that there was this like lucrative career path, Mm -hmm. which was like learning how to code Mm -hmm. and like learning how to be a software engineer. Um, but what I really, what I really quickly realized is like, you know, like maybe the first few weeks of it I was like oh yeah this is like a good idea because this is gonna be good for my career and then after that I was just kind of doing it or was like learning it because Mm. it was fun Mm. and I kept doing it and then as I got better at it I could make more of the things that I had imagined but like wasn't able to really grasp Mm -hmm. um, Mm. in terms of like tech art or like generative music or interactive Mm. music like instead of instead of trying to find somebody like find some engineer mm-hmm. to like help me make make these things that I had been dreaming about, I could actually make them. Wow. And so like you know now I'm like at this point where it's like yeah it's pretty much brain to mm-hmm. <laughs> brain to application uh-huh. you know interesting um, and it's really fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's like way it's just like it's a really fluid process. Wow. <laughs> so how do you think the definition of art is changing now that 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 we're turning into creators. We're turning into people who can create whatever we want, whatever we envision. Um, I don't know. What, where do you think art goes? Or like, what is art? I don't know. <laughs> or you mean like, how, how does like technology influence art? Yeah. Um, or how does like the ability to manipulate technology influence art? I think that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah I mean like, I don't know. I guess like kind of stepping back a little bit is like, um, so like Haley, like Haley was, um, like she went home a week early from, mm. from here to go do a Python boot, boot camp. Mm. 
and she was, you know, throughout throughout the process, she was enjoying it, but like throughout the process, she was kind of like making fun of herself being, for being like, oh god, now I'm like another one of those, yeah, uh, another, I'm myself. turning into another tech bro, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, like I'm just I'm just like another you know statistic, like learning, uh-huh. learning how to code because it's you know supposed to be uh-huh. the thing that I'm that I know how to do, hmm. and my response to that was pretty much just like. Um, and how did I put it? Um, my response to it is like, I, I really just think that at this point, and it's probably already happening, but um, at this point, uh, programming is something that should be taught in elementary school mm-hmm. alongside reading. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago, like hundred years ago that like asking somebody like, can you read? Like was like a legit common question because uh-huh. so many people couldn't. Yeah. Um, and now, the idea that that somebody can't read is like, oh God, what's what's wrong? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. and I think it's really kind of the same thing now with code. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you haven't had any exposure mm-hmm. to to writing code mm-hmm. or to to using technology to make something, mm-hmm. um, then you're then you're missing a core skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like it's you know. And it's going to just become more and more so, like because mm-hmm. like computers are already ubiquitous. They have been for like twenty years at yeah. this point, or twenty five years, uh-huh. I'd say. Like um, uh-huh. everybody has one in their pocket. Uh-huh. Everybody's got like you know a laptop, uh-huh. or you know, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got they've got computers in their lives that they use mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know how to fully use the thing, and then you're missing out in the same way as if you carried books around with you all the time but didn't know how to read. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah, right, yeah. And and it's it's also the the idea of bending bending the computer to your will, um, and like eventually, I think all of the most of that stuff gets abstracted out, and then somebody comes along and creates a platform for actually doing whatever that skill that was originally exactly. automated. Yeah. Uh, but there is a huge there's a large yeah. gap, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't. You, yeah, you don't need to know like x eighty six assembly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I don't even like I I I had I, mean, I learned it, but. Mm. I've never used it since then. It was really interesting to mm. find out how computers work at a low level, mm. but it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not even really necessary to like know like kind of mid-level like you know C C plus plus kind of languages mm-hmm. that like work on manipulating memory. Mm. It's essentially like the, the whole concept there, because mm. you don't really need to know how memory works for most things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, so you could use Python, you can use JavaScript, you know, use like all the frameworks that come with all that. You know, do you think? Whatnot, you know? Do you think programming will then yeah. become easier then? Yeah, to, to, yeah, yeah, it should. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That's that's the whole point. I mean, yeah. that's that's like the. I mean, that's the that's sort of the point of computer science mm-hmm. is to mm-hmm. abstract mm-hmm. things. Like, so I mean, to 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 me, like the the goal of engineering mm-hmm. is to find a problem a scientist has solved. And then make sure nobody else ha- ever has to solve it again. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So like scientists are kind of like on the bleeding edge where they're, you know, where they're experimenting to find out if a thing is true hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And when they do, they write, they write papers on it. Hmm. Engineers can read those papers and then form an implementation hmm. of whatever that thing is, whether that's like how to properly support a building or how to, you know, write an audio engine or whatever else, you know, mm. um, but they, you know, they learn like engineers learn from the scientists, um, and then implement that into something concrete. Mm. Um, at which point other engineers can use that thing that the, the engineer made uh-huh. to make something else, uh-huh. and but it's they like never actually, but, but ideally uh-huh. 
nobody ever has to solve that problem. Mm, mm, <laughs> that specific problem. <clears throat> yeah. And so you're always building on it. You're just building the scaffolding. Uh -huh. Like people can just walk up to the top rather than have it have to build the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And then so eventually it becomes somewhat like plug and play, um, where you're just kind of taking different pieces together and yeah. then combining them in a novel or an innovative way. Sure. And also you're solving harder harder problems. Mm -hmm. So you know rather than figuring out how to get a number into a register in an efficient manner mm. and then add it to another number in another register and put it in another register. Like your programmers are not thinking about that anymore. They're thinking about, well, how do I, how do I identify a pattern in an image, mm -hmm. Mm. which is like 20 levels up you know, from like actually putting memory into a CPU register. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So how do you view, so like, I know that you don't use Facebook and, and, and do you do not use Facebook because of, uh, ethical reasons, because of what it does to your brain? What, why, why don't you use Facebook? Um, both actually. Yeah. Uh -huh. So like the, the primary reason that I like deleted my Facebook account, like three, four years ago, something uh -huh. like that, um, was that I was getting really depressed yep. reading a whole mm -hmm. bunch of, uh, yeah, reading a whole bunch of other people's thoughts, mm -hmm. um, people I had like shut out of my life otherwise mm. Um, mm. for, you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of political, ethical, uh -huh. uh, emotional reasons. Uh -huh. um, you know, and, and a lot of that was, you know, family members who were pretty, conservative. pretty conservative, mm -hmm. yeah. pretty racist, pretty mm -hmm. homophobic, you know, all mm -hmm. that stuff. And I, having to read that every day was like doing a lot of damage uh -huh. to me emotionally. Uh -huh. um, but the other part was that like, I, you know, and I, and I realized that like, I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I use other services, but mm -hmm. like, uh, I, I wasn't, I was no longer comfortable with sharing that much, that, that level of detail mm -hmm. with a company that I didn't really trust. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and, uh, you yeah. know, cause like Facebook knew everything about me yeah. still does because mm -hmm. they had that archive of information. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot, a lot of really personal stuff and a yeah. lot of, you know, <laughs> stuff that probably get me in trouble. Yeah. yeah <laughs> to be absolutely. honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and to be honest, like, yeah, Especially Twitter and Google yeah. do too. Yeah. <laughs> but, and uh -huh. I still use their services, yeah, yeah. but, uh -huh. um, yeah. you know, so I'm not all the way disconnected from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I wanted to ask was basically, uh, do you think engineers, people who are building products have an ethical responsibility to create products that don't have this loop of that Facebook and a lot of other services do of, of, of like people who use them get, have emotional issues that might be causal are definitely correlated, but, but might be causal from using the services. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think ultimately a system is going to become what it becomes uh, and the engineer designing it is not going to have a lot of control Stay over, over it. that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like that, that becomes even more true with, with machine learning systems, um, or just like, you know, sort of AI based systems in mm. general, um, that they, that you, yeah, you create the thing, you train the thing, you kind of influence the thing in some way, like actually I mean definitely every, every piece of software or every piece of technology is influenced by its creator. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it carries all the biases of its creator, Yeah, Interesting. but it can, yeah. but it still gets away from you. Uh, yeah, um, so when you make yeah. a social media platform, it's like, well, now it's now now there's a lot of influence that came from Facebook, mm -hmm. but also a ton of influence that came from all the advertisers, all the people who yep. used it, everybody else, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's that one part is like you don't necessarily have control over what people do with the thing you make. Yeah. But 
um, especially yeah. uh, especially in this world where it's more bait on open open source and that mm-hmm. that it's created by a group of people yeah. and then so it's not one creator who you know has unless it's a corporation that has more than 51 percent stake or something like that but yeah yeah so it's like i could you know i could i could make a you know make a product that's meant to help like you know social justice nonprofits, mm-hmm. um, but then it could be used by Microsoft to, I don't know, to, to then like provide technology to, you know, Sandia to make a kill bot or uh-huh. something, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's like, it, it can still get away from you, uh-huh. especially yeah. if you open source it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a reason not to open source work though. And that's, these uh, are mm-hmm. like cryptocurrency and the interest of cryptocurrency because a lot of the ideological basis for <clears> cryptocurrency <throat> is saying that these services are centralized, Facebook is centralized, all these things are centralized and that's evil. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we're going to create something that can be decentralized. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering how much of that ideology will stay the same or will it just turn into the same thing what they said about the internet and which turned into Facebook and, you know, originally the internet was decentralized and then yeah. it's become centralized. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean, the internet is still decentralized. Uh, interesting. All right. Yeah. But, uh-huh. but yeah, there, there are definitely like local maxima, you uh-huh. know, of like sort of density of users. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's yeah, Facebook, Google, mm. you know, Yahoo still is <laughs> surprisingly, uh, you know, like all the, all those different like you know the different social media yeah. outlets definitely have a lot more users. Uh-huh. But there's still then. a decentralized basis of, for the whole thing. It's still yeah. the the internet itself is yeah. still decentralized. Uh-huh. That said, like um, depending on what our lawmakers do mm. in the U.S., yeah. like we may not have a lot of say over over keeping it decentralized or keeping yeah. it neutral at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole like net neutrality thing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like back to the you know back to the cryptocurrency thing though. Um, there's like, I mean, yeah, there's, there's an interesting effect of decentralization, which is everybody has a voice, mm-hmm. even if that voice is mm-hmm. toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like even going to like the, the, you know, sort of tyranny, the majority thing of like using, you know, blockchain technology to mm-hmm. create like direct democracy mm-hmm. instead of representative, representative yeah. democracy is like, well, our representatives for the most part, I'm not doing a very good job of representing us yeah. properly, but the whole idea was was to add some checks and balances so that uh, so that the majority of people couldn't uh, make decisions that only affected a minority. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was like the Prop 8 in California thing. Mm-hmm. Like they put, you know, they they basically put the you know gay marriage ban on the ballot uh-huh. and. More than half of the people in California voted to ban gay marriage, uh-huh. yep. <laughs> um, uh-huh. but obviously, like, that's not something that's good for our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also something that, like, 100% of the population got the chance to vote on, mm-hmm. while you know, 10 to 20% of the population was actually affected was affected by, by, it, by it, you know. Uh-huh. And so, uh, yeah. And so, what you're saying is that blockchain could make that happen on a more on, on a larger, larger scale. scale. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I've never thought about that before. Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, um, you know, and luckily we have, you know, even within our within our system, we have judges uh-huh. who are even like further removed than our representatives, uh-huh. um, who can who guy. can try to like figure out a legal basis for hmm. deciding something that maybe the majority of the people in in their constituency don't you know want. don't want. Yeah. Um, hmm. If it's for the greater good, or if it just 
is you know aligns with the precedents set you know set before. Uh, so like luckily, you know, luckily, Prop A got thrown out because uh-huh. of that, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of other things in this yeah. in this country have been thrown out because of that because yeah. of the judicial system. Yeah. Um, well, that's a trip. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. So it's, it's a really weird thing because it's like, well, but that's not what the people want. But uh-huh. wait, what the people want was shitty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what do we yeah. do about that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I guess backing up to like kind of finish answering your question uh-huh. about whether technologists are. Uh, responsible. Are responsible. Yeah. Uh, or have a, have a responsibility, or have like sort of a social responsibility for the things that they make. It's uh, like, well, about the only thing you can do as a technologist is if you see, here, I'll just yeah. Yeah. Um, if you see a technology going in a direction you don't agree with, uh-huh. uh, you, have, you have like basically two options. One is to get in there and try to fix it. Especially if you're already in there. Yeah. If you're working at Facebook and you see Facebook doing something evil, mm. like get in there working and try to lobby it, yeah. for lobby for that not to happen, mm. um, or just don't support them. Uh-huh. Don't work there. Yeah. Don't and, don't yeah. be on their service. Don't. Yeah. 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 yeah and don't be on their. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. You know, whatever. You know. But like for me, for me, it was like I had to, I, I made I had to make a lot of decisions in my career to turn down really lucrative jobs or just not pursue really lucrative jobs mm. because I didn't agree with what the company was doing mm. and um, a lot of times like, especially with the bigger ones like fixing it from the inside isn't an option mm-hmm. yeah because there's so much influence and so yeah. much inertia yeah I mean yeah. unless you're already like a superstar you know uh-huh. like you're yeah I don't know Greg Kurtz while going uh-huh. to work at Google yeah. or yeah, something yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Although, then you can uh, although I don't know he might make he's probably going to make some questionable decisions <laughs> regarding AI yeah, yeah right yeah. Uh, but you know that's, I think that's a really good point that you bring up is that, that I assume uh, I was under the impression that we would we would have control that not necessarily that the creators would have control but they would have some sort of control but then the point you brought up about essentially like then there are all these other stakeholders that come into play that the business can't really exist without uh, mm-hmm. and yeah and so it gets really complicated really quickly and it's just like taking pharmaceutical medications that haven't been around for more than 50 years we, we might know about short-term interactions, but we don't know about long-term interactions because they haven't been around for long enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, going back again to this idea that humans think they have a lot of control, but we don't actually have that much control. And we're actually part of a larger process that is beyond our ability to influence in a meaningful way. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not so smart is a very good thing to internalize. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the most important things for our spiritual practice as well, because it's the I don't know element mm-hmm. brings you back to like a beginning beginner's mind, essentially like I don't fucking know how it works. Like I build frameworks, but then I have to disband them. I have to I have to give them up because yeah. they don't they stop fitting the what the current moment demands. Um, yeah. Um, so what do you, what do you how do you define spirituality? It's a good question. I asked Damien today. How do, how do, how do you define spirituality? Um, Spirituality is the process with which humans connect with the fact that they are small, that they are puny, that they, that they, yet at the same time they're part of the larger whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the 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 it's the a sense of I mean a, a felt experience of union with it with everything surrounding us. Uh, uh, 
some people would use the word divine. I'm, I actually use the word divine. Uh, I, I do believe that there is a there is a, a consciousness, a conscious foundation for all of all of the limited consciousnesses that we inhabit. Um, uh, there's something underneath which is consciousness, and, and um, that's as close as I can get. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I like that one. I mean, like I I've been allergic to the term spirituality for a long time because yeah. I sort of conflate it with religion mm -hmm. um, or conflate it with believing in ghosts or mm -hmm. whatever else, you know, it's yep. like, well, I'm extremely pragmatic. Yeah. I'm a recovering Catholic. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm not, despite the fact that I, that I am into a lot of things that are, uh, that a lot of people consider spiritual practice. I don't consider them spiritual, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. yoga or meditation, mm -hmm. all these things. I consider them very functional and mm -hmm. very like aligned with like how we're, brains work uh -huh. you know yeah um uh -huh. yeah, and so you're like, leading to yeah. basically the the ultimate uh, question between two two of the big religions uh but uh eastern religions uh between buddhism and and, and uh, hinduism and uh there's a lot to be said about hinduism isn't one religion it's many many different religions and buddhism isn't really a religion either but the, they both got separated mm -hmm. off this fact uh, this idea uh buddhists believe that we don't have a self there is no self uh there is no stable separate thing that i can say is me uh hinduism talks about there is a self and it's divine and we're all part of it and we're all limited aspects of it um uh and that and and the 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 that's why they say Buddhism more is an atheistic religion because there is nothing. There is nothing that, that yeah. Yeah. Um, Existence is suffering. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, yeah. There, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a whole lot of things in there that I really like. Uh -huh. um, there's a whole lot of things in a lot of religions I really like, honestly, but, um, but for me, like the, you know, there, there's like, there's a, there's a phrase and I can't remember who said it that like sticks in my head is like, any uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and and so I kind of extrapolate that a little bit further and say like anything that we view as spiritual or religious or like divine is really just a pattern that we haven't learned how to recognize yet. Mm -hmm. It's too it's a system that's too complex for us mm -hmm. to recognize mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, so far like physicists have done a bang up job of identifying how how solar systems and galaxies and the universe work. Mm. Uh, they're doing pretty good. They're making mm. a lot of progress there. Uh -huh. So maybe eventually we'll understand like all of those, all of those other things that seem like magic to us. Uh -huh. you know? Yep. <laughs> and that's the crazy thing. Cause it, not only are the natural phenomenon in the world around us that seem like magic because we can't explain them. We're now with technology creating magical things that are up yeah. until this point. If you had taken them back 300 years ago, they would have said that that was magic. And like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Especially you know, like being able to like wave around like a piece of plastic and uh -huh. like have you know have like a you know a sound like move around the room uh -huh. <laughs> or you know, uh -huh. stuff like that. You know, <laughs> like that that would definitely seem like magic to someone 50 years ago, and much less like you know a thousand years ago. <laughs> and that's Meowulf is doing magic. Uh, yeah, well, and like yeah. so many other people, yeah, like yeah, not yeah. just uh -huh. Marvel, yeah. But like yeah, so many people are doing it. You know, it's, oh. um, I guess I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like an older technology that would that would still like kind of qualify. But like yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, like the touch screen, mm -hmm. 
like mm. a touch screen at all, but like the touch screen that you can hold in your pocket that doesn't have a cord that goes to the wall. Yeah. You know, like, hey, a car, a car was like, yeah. you know, that was unbelievable. Uh, electricity was, that was yeah. magical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And mm. it's just like, yeah, we, we just continually create magic. Mm-hmm. We just create better magic yeah. <laughs> over time, you know, yeah. um, you know yeah. like when the magic leap stuff comes out, you know, like magic we're going to be like hallucinating, uh-huh. you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like in a controlled way that you can just take it, you can just turn it off. Well, you know? or maybe an uncontrolled way when you get a virus um, yeah. on the computer. Like that's something I think about is like in AR, uh, hallucinations like you you could cyber warfare I mean think about what Russia is doing with uh, with with Twitter and, and Facebook is like creating psychological discord dis, uh, sure. distress in in populations and uh, yeah but we haven't yeah. we still haven't figured out at least as far as I know uh, mm-hmm. we still haven't figured out how to actually hijack somebody's brain mm-hmm. um, yes we can do that like means like the whole yeah concept of means uh-huh. are like yeah. hijacking somebody's brain interesting but, yeah but yeah. not not in the very literal sense of uh-huh. like, I'm gonna I'm gonna now like make you like walk outside and like I don't know pull down your pants and spin around in circles. Uh-huh. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I can't do that yet. Yeah, you yeah, know, uh-huh. yeah. Maybe we'll figure that out eventually. Uh-huh. I hope whoever figures it out figures out some good fail safes. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. otherwise that could suck. <laughs> what do you think about nuclear power? About nuclear power? Yeah. And like, or what do you think about alternative energy in general? And do you, what do you think about the, the role that nuclear power has to do with that? Um, I don't actually know a lot about nuclear power, mm. um, other than like sort of like secondhand information about oh. like it actually being relatively pretty safe okay, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. inefficient. Uh-huh. But, you know, like, like the, the very few like accidents that have happened in nuclear power plants were really egregious mistakes yes yeah, by know? humans yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. um yeah. so yeah i mean but but in terms of alternative energy in general it's like well yeah i mean uh i was i was kind of trained in life by a mechanical engineer who uh-huh. spent his entire life still is like uh working in uh, coal fire power huh. so like working in fossil fuels yeah well and um he had i mean like I, we still have like arguments about this or like you know discussions about this uh whenever whenever we're you know around each other at column or whatever mm. but um but my yeah but my dad has a lot of really good information about why we haven't moved away from fossil fuels mm-hmm. and a big part of it is um is uh protecting jobs here mm-hmm. i mean they're you know and 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 honestly i think it's kind of bullshit mm-hmm. um mm. but i can see where someone who who's like you know who's been exposed to that for a long time can get like kind of pulled into the the mindset of like well change is going to be highly disruptive and we have 5000 employees at this company that could potentially lose their jobs and we might might not be able to place them elsewhere mm. you know, if mm-hmm. we if we switch you know to some to something else if we yeah. switch to solar switch to wind and that's what i, I yeah. think a lot of people aren't talking about as well because it's happening and that's and i think it's one of the large reasons why there is an opioid crisis in this country is because a lot of people just lost their jobs and mm-hmm. and have nothing have no meaning into their lives because their lives were based off of their jobs beforehand yeah and we're going to see the same thing with the trucking industry yeah. and mm-hmm. when like uh, self-driving trucks get mm-hmm. approved like mm-hmm. get completely approved because they're mm-hmm. they're on the road now yeah but uh but just sort of in testing mm-hmm. for the most part mm-hmm. um but at the point, or, you know, the, the point at which, um, like a self-driving truck 
is allowed to go on the road without a human monitoring it. Yep. Um, that's the end of that job. That's yeah. the end of the trucking industry. Yep. And that is, as far as I know, the biggest employer in the country. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of those people are going to lose their jobs. Mm. And like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's a problem. But like, but also like the sort of like technologist mind, mm. you know, that I have going on here is like, well, the whole point of technology is to automate things that can be automated mm-hmm. so that everybody can then focus on the next level of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize it doesn't in practice always work like that. Yeah. I know, and yeah, the the difficulty in that is that essentially there's going to be a really it's a it's what Alvin Toffler called about future shock. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. we have a whole bunch of people who are about to be in future shock, like because they Mm -hmm. don't have jobs in their whole in our society. The way that we are conditioned, it trains people to do things in a way, and then when they get older, that conditioning keeps on going. It's really hard to decondition and Mm -hmm. and to. That's actually why I think meditation is the most important because meditation is a process of deconditioning. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a, um, uh, but for most people, it's not very accessible. Um, yeah. Um, well, even, even for people who are kind of clued in mm-hmm. to the idea of deconditioning and the mm-hmm. idea of like maintaining a, an elastic, you know, sort mm-hmm. of like flexible mind, mm-hmm. it's really easy to condition yourself for certain things. Uh, yep. Yeah, get back into you know, it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, you yeah. know, talking, talking about like, thinking like a technologist and being like, Oh yeah, well we as people just need to evolve to like the next level of technology. But at the same time, like here I am with like a, you know, 20 ish year, like smoking habit Uh you know, that Uh I haven't been, you know, I haven't Uh yet been able to break. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's like, even if you're aware, yeah, it's still still hard. It's still hard to break out. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. That's the thing that I keep on running back to in spiritual practice too is there meditation and yoga is that uh, I keep on getting to these points where I'm like, everything is golden, you know, I'm not doing the things I don't want to do and I'm like on a great streak and then something happens and all of a sudden I go back and then it's like, yeah, it's, it's, and it's a part of life just kind of realizing that I'm not perfect and that there is no way that I'm going to be perfect. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. Everybody's got their like local minima they like can like can roll back into, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like what we were talking about earlier, it was like I've been watching a lot of like space documentaries, uh-huh. yeah. and uh, one of the one of their favorite graphics is the is, is like the the planets orbiting the sun uh-huh. with the little mesh underneath thing uh-huh. that like depresses with the the gra- with the 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 um what do they call it? the expansion or contraction of space time? <laughs> you know, so you know that you know. You've, you've seen that graphic, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Everybody uses it. It's the hot thing uh-huh. in, in space documentaries of the past ten years. Ten years, but yeah, uh-huh. it's you know it's, it's sort of a bit, a bit like a three D two D visualization of like Einstein's like relativity. Huh. You know? Interesting. Um, yeah. And huh. so whenever I think about like kind of falling back into a habit or, uh-huh. or like doing something compulsively and think about rolling into that little, yeah. the little divot that the sun made. That's actually really interesting because uh, yeah, I've been reading a lot of uh, philosophy called Kashmir Shaivism, uh, which mm-hmm. uh, basically, let's see if I can spend this really, uh, you got Buddhism and you got Hinduism, you got all those major uh, Eastern religions that happened around and also the Western religions that happened around the same time in 400 BC. Uh, and then uh, basically disappeared all this understanding of spiritual truth whatever disappeared for a long time dark ages happened uh uh 
and then you in the 800s in Kashmir, India, you had a um, a new type of spiritual philosophy come up, meditation philosophy, meditation techniques, yoga. This is where a lot of the actual yoga traditions come from. This 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 thing that started in the 1800s, and it's called Kashmir Shaivism. And they talk about different states of consciousness, and there's uh, there's the disappear there's the contraction and expansion so like like when you are feeling like you understand everything and everything is going your way you're in a flow state that's expansion you know like that's when you're in the middle of nature and you're you know surrounded by nature you're in an expansive state but then eventually we all come back to this contracted state of like of of ignorance of, of, of like this of viewing the current moment as negative and never ending and suffering and all this different stuff. And so it's this continuous thing of expansion and then contraction, like, like the universe itself. Like, um, that's so kind of, yeah, no, that's kind of interesting thinking about it that way, especially in like, um, using like flow as mm -hmm. like a, <clears throat> as like a counterpoint there is because like when you're in a flow state, what I think about is, uh, it's not contracted or expensive. Uh, you're at, um, yeah. you're like, exactly where you're at uh -huh. uh, that said like when you're in a flow state you tend to learn faster uh -huh. so yeah i guess that is that is expansive mm -hmm. but the interesting thing is staying in a flow state is this constant thing of like trying to like doing these like micro adjustments yep. to redirect mm -hmm. to stay in it uh -huh. because either you're gonna fall you're gonna fall off one end and be uh -huh. not challenged yeah uh, yep. which is somewhat contractive in terms of like your learning experience or you're gonna fall off the other end and be and be over challenged uh -huh and uh be overwhelmed yeah uh-huh yeah. and so uh -huh. like so so like it, it's kind of the opposite of that like you know some visualization with the little divot of the gravity you know warping space-time uh you know it's like actually like a flow state is kind of like the top of a hill uh -huh. and you can roll off one way or the other yeah, yeah. interesting <laughs> and that all that all kind of ties back into homeostasis too because like our bodies are are built to be in homeostasis all the time and in homeostasis it's like and, but then you do something and it'll take you off into the sympathetic nervous system or something mm. and it'll go and, and so like you can never find that homeostasis like yeah uh, yeah i mean like uh i don't know if it was you or somebody else like told me about like somebody saying like balance like think of think of balance as a verb uh, not a noun uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, balancing. and like and definitely like Haley said a lot of things like that uh, to me before too um uh, where it's just like you know uh Oh, what was it? Uh, she, oh man, I'm gonna have to like actually find this like tweet that she wrote. Mm. Uh, where basically like, you know, people think of well-adjusted as like a state, uh -huh. um, but actually it's just an action. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. Yeah, um, mm. it's a thing you do, not a thing you are. You know? uh, whoa. Yeah. And. Mm. Yeah, that's that's been an interesting one for me because I've definitely like um, kind of let the wind take me in a lot of directions mm -hmm. lately, mm -hmm. <laughs> rather, rather than like <laughs> rather than just going mm -hmm. uh, where I want to go. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Good. Take a break. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was amazing. That was good. Yeah. yeah.